service is meant for the spirit of God to take our lives and let it be consecrated to him. That he will take our moments and our days. That they will flow in ceaseless praise. Can you make that your prayer this morning? Take my moments. Take my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my life. Let it be consecrated to you Lord. Let me not have the right of way but let your spirit have the right of way from today. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Humbly take your seats in the presence of God. Thank you. Glory be to Jesus Christ. I believe with all my heart that the message we're going to share this morning is not going to help just a handful of us who are here gathered, but in, the, in my heart of hearts, I sense that if we will trumpet this message to the ends of the earth many believers in Christ Jesus many in the body of Christ who have never understood the subject of baptism in the Holy Spirit will for the first time understand this subject and will yield to the Holy Spirit appropriately for great encounters and great results the reason why the work has tarried, the reason why we have not achieved great results as we should as a church and I'm talking about the body of Christ, is simply because of the lack of understanding in this very subject. It has been taught in a way that makes it look like receiving the Holy Spirit is the same as baptism in the Holy Spirit. But I dare say in the name of Jesus Christ here on this altar from this pulpit that that is a misrepresentation of the truth of the gospel. And so kindly Join me as we continue from last week's message. Last week we looked at Acts chapter 1 briefly, if you remember. Let's look at what Jesus told the disciples before he departed from them. Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1 verse 4 and 5. This is our Lord Jesus Christ about to talk in Acts chapter 4, 1, verse 4. Bible says, And being assembled together with them, Jesus assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. Verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Somebody say amen. 
Now, take note of something, people of God. The preposition that is translated with in the, in the English Bible, where he said, you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, that preposition, that Greek word that is translated with can also be translated in. It can also be translated by. So you could read this verse by saying that, but you shall be baptized by the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And you could also translate it as, you, you shall be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And I believe for the purpose of understanding, somebody say understanding. Oh, that is what the church of Jesus Christ is lacking in this end time. I'm telling you. But we will get there in the name of Jesus Christ. For the purpose of understanding, I believe that the preposition, the appropriate preposition that should have been used in this verse is in, not with. Why do I say so? As we journey, you understand why it should have been, you, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Take note, the Greek word translated baptize here is baptizo. Someone say baptizo. Baptizo simply means to dip into, to submerge, or to immerse. Someone say to dip into, to submerge, or to immerse. So that gives you a picture that the medium into which whoever is baptized or whatever is baptized, that medium covers the individual. Baptism is not a shower. Baptism is not sprinkling. Baptism is to be immersed, to be submerged, to be dipped into. So when we say somebody is baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want you to get the picture now. When somebody is baptized in the Holy Spirit, it simply means that the person is deep into the Holy Spirit. The person is immersed into the Holy Spirit. The person is submerged under the Holy Spirit, so to speak. Hallelujah. But here is the point I want you to get, people of God. Jesus is talking about they being baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now or with the Holy Spirit, whichever one that you choose to use or by the Holy Spirit. I said the preposition translated here could be in, with, or by. What was Jesus Christ referring to? I want us to analyze this verse of scripture because in Acts chapter 2, we realize that the Holy Spirit actually came on the day of Pentecost and the Bible says that they were all filled with the Spirit. And then they began to speak in other tongues. I want to ask a question. When someone receives the Holy Spirit, does that mean that automatically the person is baptized in the Holy Spirit? Because that is where the bone of contention is. I said when someone, last week Sunday, for those of us who were not here, I will kindly request that you check the message on our on our official Facebook page, International Prayer Resort, I taught on receive the Holy Spirit. And I wouldn't want to combine that message with today's message. That is why we separated the two. 
So you can kindly listen to that message and get the picture what it means to receive the Holy Spirit. So one has received the Holy Spirit. Does that mean that the person is automatically baptized in the Holy Spirit? Because in the body of Christ presently, we have all been taught that once somebody receives the Holy Spirit and starts speaking in other tongues, it means the person is baptized in the Holy Spirit. Is it true? I want us to look at scripture and really get the picture. Because when one receives the Holy Spirit, this is what happens. Take note. The Bible says, he who is joined to the Holy Spirit is one spirit. He who is joined to the Lord, let me put it rightly. He who is joined to the Lord, and the Lord here is the Holy Spirit. Because the next verse says, now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Someone say one spirit. What does that mean? Wow. You and the Holy Spirit becoming one spirit. When we say spirit, what are we talking about? That is the first thing. Take note. Because until you understand what spirit is. You may not even know what baptism in the Holy Spirit is in the first place. Can I explain, people of God? Alright. The Greek word and the Hebrew word that are translated spirit in the English Bible both mean the same thing in English. The Greek word is pneuma. Someone say pneuma. That is P N. G-U-M-A, pneuma. Pneuma means wind. Someone say wind. And that is where we have used the word spirit here. So when we say the Holy Spirit, we are talking about the Holy Pneuma, the Holy Wind, the Holy Breath. It's like those of us who are sitting by the fan, you can, you can feel a wind blowing around you. Is that right? But can you, can you hold that wind? Can you touch that wind? Can you, can you, but you can feel that wind, right? All right. So, that is the same word that is also translated as human spirit. The same Greek word is pneuma. So, when we say human spirit and the Holy Spirit becoming one, if we put two winds together, let's say wind is blowing from 37 area and another wind blowing from the Nungwa area and you merge the two, can you separate the two? I want to tell, I'm asking, can you separate the two winds? These are two winds. In fact, you can't even see the wind in the first place. All you realize is that the two winds have merged, but you can't tell the difference. Just get the picture. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Take note, the Hebrew word that is also translated spirit, it's also, it also means wind. And that Hebrew word is ruach. Someone say ruach. Ruach is R-U-A-C-H. Ruach. Ruach also means wind. So, we are talking about the holy wind, the holy breath. And then the human wind or the human breath, our spirit, okay? If you want to know how your spirit looks like, just look at your physical body. Our spirit takes the shape of our physical bodies. Is that okay? So, if you want to know, you may, if, if, they, if they should open you up, they cannot remove your spirit because it's wind. But it fills up the physical vessel such that if you want to know how the spirit looks like, you will look at the physical body and you know that, oh, because of the physical body, then the spirit too has eyes. The spirit has ears. The spirit has, has nose. The spirit has hands. But it fills up this vessel. Okay? Likewise, the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes into our spirit when we receive him. 
The day you say, oh Holy Spirit, enter me, just like you receive Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to join himself with your spirit. That is the real you. And you become one. Someone say one. One spirit. Alright. So the question is, does that mean that the person is baptized in the Holy Spirit? That's the bone of contention I want us to break today so that you will get the concept of baptism in the Holy Spirit once and for all and you will use it for yourself and for many other believers who haven't gotten the picture very well yet. Praise the Lord. I'm taking my time because I know that this subject is one of the most controversial subjects in the body of Christ. So if I don't take my time, instead of getting you the understanding, you can even get more confused. Hallelujah. But don't, because the Spirit of God is not a spirit of confusion. Hallelujah. Please, are you there? I hope you also know that apart from the human personality, take note of what I'm going to say, apart from the human being, there is no other creation of God or creature of God that has that unique faculty to take decisions, to make choices, and to, and to have the, the moral free will to live as he or she should. There is no other creation of God. And not even angels have that faculty to take decisions on their own. When, the, when angels take decisions on their own and do things on their own, that very day, that angel is disconnected from heaven. And that was the case of Lucifer with one third of the angels. Lucifer's job was the anointed cherub who covered the throne. He was so close to the throne. He was the one that was that close in charge of worship. And he began to wonder in his mind that, wow, but why should we accord all worship to this most high God alone? Me too, I can. Because, look, the closer you are to God, the more God's glory rubs on you. So the man had, had imbibed so much glory that he felt that he could also be worshipped. He could also ascend to the throne. He could also, you know, be like the most high God. And the Bible says, the moment that thought came into his mind, iniquity was found in him. And that was how he was cast out from heaven with the one third of his angels. Hallelujah. What am I saying? Angels don't have their own mind. Angels don't do their own will. But having your own mind and doing your own will is placed in the human spirit. It is called the soul. Someone say the soul. Can I say this? The human soul is so similar to the human spirit. In fact, both the soul and the spirit are immaterial. Our physical body is material, but your soul and your spirit are immaterial. So you cannot, you cannot see the soul, you cannot, you cannot see the spirit. But like I said, they take the shape of the human vessel. So when you look at the human vessel, you know that the person is a spirit and he has a soul. But the soul and the spirit are so mingled, so one, such that oftentimes, even in scripture, when they are referring to the human spirit, they refer to him as the soul. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? He was referring to the, the real person, the spirit, but he referred to the person as the soul. The soul and the spirit are so one, such that it takes only the word of God to tell the difference. Okay? 
only the word of God. You cannot use any gadget, any scan ma machine, or any scanning material to be able to decipher between the spirit and the soul. They are so one that is only the word of God. According to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, he said the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder what? Dividing asunder soul and spirit. The word of God is the only tool that can tell the difference that this you are dealing with the soul, this you are dealing with the spirit. The soul and the spirit are so one, so intertwined, so networked. It is like two wings mixed together. So you cannot tell the difference. But when one receives the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes to join himself with your spirit. You become one. But that does not mean, take note of what I'm going to say, people of God. That does not mean that automatically the Holy Spirit has control over your soul. Because that is the uniqueness of man. That is the uniqueness of man in the sense that we have been given the, the, the moral right to make choices and take decisions at will. Do you know somebody can choose that I'm going to go to hell and there is nothing God can do about it? That is the faculty of the soul that makes the person make that choice. That as for me, I sell my soul to Satan and there is nothing God can do about it. For instance, Adam and Eve when they were created and God breathed into them the holy breath. He breathed into them. The Bible says they, man became what? A living soul. Automatically, God knew that now that I have planted this man in the garden, it is possible that he can do my will all the days of his life. And it is also possible that he can do his own will. Because man is a free moral agent having the faculty of the ability to make choices and take decisions. That is the human soul. That is what makes us unique from every other creation of God. Animals don't have that. Not even angels. Hallelujah. I'm going somewhere. Follow me. We'll get there. Hallelujah. So what I'm trying to say is that when one receives the Holy Spirit, until the individual decides that although I have the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to do my own will. I'm not going to take my own decisions. I want my life to be under the influence of this Holy Spirit. So I yield my soul under his influence. In other words, I yield my mind. I yield my will. I yield my emotions under the influence of the Holy Spirit until man makes that choice and takes that decision. The Holy Spirit will not automatically take over. Are you there? And until... Your soul is immersed, submerged, and deep into the Holy Spirit. Take note, one is not baptized yet in the Holy Spirit. I'll prove it very soon. And I will say that again. I say, until, yes, you have received the Holy Spirit. Yes, he has given you the ability to commune with heaven. You are speaking in other tongues. But until he takes over your soul. Let's listen. His name is Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit takes over, He's not going to lead you in an unholy way. He will certainly lead you in the holy direction. Are you there? The fear of man is that if I should yield my soul to the Holy Spirit, chances are that I may not be able to do my own will again. You see, man wants to make his own choice and decisions. He wants to get up and go wherever he wants to go. Do whatever he wants to do. And that is why many times we are hesitant to yield our soul under his influence. 
But Jesus said, when he, the Holy Spirit, shall come, he shall guide you into how much truth? Into all truth. So there is no fear in yielding one's soul to the Holy Spirit. And until the Holy Spirit, take note, when one receives the Holy Spirit, it is possible and it happened on the day of Pentecost. In their case, that was the expectation because Jesus had told them in Acts chapter 1 verse 4 and 5 that you shall be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So their mind, their heart, their will, everything was ready to yield to the Holy Spirit. Okay? So in their case, the very day they received the Holy Spirit, I believe that because of what we're going to look at very soon, because they were also filled with the Spirit, they got baptized. Because the feeling of the Holy Spirit is what brings the baptism. Can I say that again? I said what? The feeling of the Holy Spirit is what brings the baptism. Okay, look at Ephesians 5.18. I want us to look at verse 18. We will come back to the 19 and onwards towards the close of this message. But Ephesians 5.18 Are you there? All right. Ephesians 5, 18 says, And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. The King James says, in which is debauchery. Or in excess, rather. That's the King James. The New, the New King James says dissipation. Other versions say debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit. Somebody say amen. Verse 19 to about 21, we will look at it towards the close of this message. But let me stop at 18. It says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. What is the scripture telling us here? It means that one can be under the influence, his soul can be under the influence of wine or under the influence of the Holy Spirit. When one is truly baptized in the Holy Spirit, he is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And we'll prove it with scripture very soon. Okay? I said one, one is baptized, truly baptized. You may receive the Holy Spirit and you start speaking in other tongues because that is the evidence. But it doesn't mean that you have yielded your soul, said that your soul is now under his influence. It is your act of will. It is your personal decision. Until you take that decision that I yield my soul, he will not force himself on you and neither may he take over. Are you there? Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. What is dissipation? What is debauchery? What is excess? In fact, the Amplified Version says in which is stupidity. Have you seen somebody who is drunk before? I'm asking a question. Have you seen someone who is drunk before? How does he behave? Oftentimes, or she behaves. It's not only men who drink. Is it not stupidity? See the person, sees a gutter, say, ah, you... I think I can jump this gutter. Okay. Before he realize the person has landed in the gutter. Break his leg. This is stupidity. When you are under the influence of alcohol, you can misbehave. So he said, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, in which is stupidity, in which is debauchery, in which is excess. Misbehavior. But... So, the word but changes the story. You are either under the influence of, the, of wine or under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And when one is under the influence of the Holy Spirit, 
And he tells us, he said, but what? Be filled with the Spirit. I'm giving you a picture of how the baptism takes place. Until the Holy Spirit fills you up. Because the Holy Spirit has come to live on the inside of you. Take note. Many people have taught the baptism in the Holy Spirit this way. They believe that, okay, one is born again. And then when he is immersed in the Holy Spirit... Or when he received the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit fills the person up from outside. No. The feeling of the Holy Spirit doesn't start from outside. It starts from where? Within. Okay? Get that picture. If you are waiting on God and thinking that some Holy Spirit somewhere will fill you from outside, you are likely going to take something else other than the Holy Spirit. Because there's no Holy Spirit outside anywhere. First, after you are born again, you receive him and he comes to join himself with your spirit and then he now, to take over, you allow him to fill you up. He fills you from within. And I'm going to show you a scripture that gives a vivid picture of how the Holy Spirit fills us up and what level he takes over when he has filled us up. So in the case of the apostles and the disciples in, in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, there came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind and they were all filled with the Spirit. Meaning that they received the Holy Spirit and then the Holy Spirit filled them up so that day they were baptized. Because when you are filled with the Spirit, it means that the Spirit has taken over as it were. You see, he may be in your spirit, but it doesn't mean that he has filled your soul up. Your soul is the issue. Your mind. Your will. And your emotions. That is where the issue is. Until the Holy Spirit fills you up and takes over your mind, you may have your own mind other than the mind of Christ. I am of the opinion that when Paul said that we have the mind of Christ, I believe Paul was not talking to every believer or talking about every believer. Why do I say so? I say so because if all of us had the mind of Christ, then he wouldn't have told us in Romans chapter 12 verse 1 that be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Until your mind is renewed, you don't have the mind of Christ yet. Are you there? I said until your mind is renewed, you don't have the mind of Christ yet. So it does not mean that when you have the Holy Spirit, that means that you have his mind. It is when you yield your mind under his influence. It is when you yield your will under his influence. And we'll see how we'll do it towards the close of this message. And until you yield your emotions. What are our emotions? Our emotions sometimes can be dirty. I hope you know that. The anger. The revenge. The unforgiveness. The pride. The malice. Malice is intentional wickedness. The the jealousy. These are ungodly and unholy emotions. But when the Holy Spirit takes over your emotions, you begin to manifest the fruit of the Spirit, which is what? Love, joy, patience, perseverance, forgiveness, forbearance, goodness, temperance. Bible says, against such, there is no law. Hallelujah. Until the Holy Spirit takes over your will, child of God, does that mean that you lose your mind and you lose your will? No. It means that you are so totally yielded that like we sang that song, take my life and let it be consecrated unto you. It is God at work in you, living his life through you. 
You are now a yielded vessel. You don't have your own mind. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul had come to the place where he was no longer living for himself. He said, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm going to live, then it is Christ manifested through me, period. That should be the picture of every believer that we should come to the place where everything we do, whether you are at work, whether you are journeying, whether you are at home, in school, wherever, let Christ be seen in me. You know that song? Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. All his wondrous compassion and purity. You know that song? Let the beauty of Jesus. We can sing it. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. All his wondrous compassion and purity. Oh, thou spirit divine, all my nature refined. Till the beauty of Jesus be seen Until the beauty of Jesus is seen in you, Christ, or the Holy Spirit, who represents Christ here on earth, hasn't taken over yet. Haven't you found a believer who is in Christ, right? He is born again, right? He has a life of God, right? He has the nature of God, right? He is, he's received the Holy Spirit, right? He speaks in other tongues, right? And yet something is wrong about the person. Haven't you found one before? I said, how did you found one before? Why? It is because at that level, the person has not totally, that is the word, totally yielded his soul to the Holy Spirit. That is where the battle is. The battle is in the soul. It's in our mind. It's in our will. And it's in our emotions. Oh, how many times we always want to do our own mind other than the mind of Christ. How often we want to do our own will other than the will of God. I'm telling you. Including myself. All of us, oftentimes, we want to lead ourselves in our own direction. But when you daily decide that this spirit of a living God who lives on the inside of me, I'm going to give him the right of way. Someone say the right of way. The right of way simply means that I'm giving him the lead. I hope you know in driving, in Ghana here, the law says that if you get to, let's say, the roundabout and you are going this way and somebody is already on the, in the roundabout, who has the right of way? The one who is inside. In other words, let the person leave before you go. But you don't get to the runabout and the person is inside, in the inside lane and then you decide to ask for me whether he likes or not I'm going. That is wrong. It's against the law of driving in Ghana. And that is what we do to the Holy Spirit oftentimes. We have received the Holy Spirit, no doubt about it, but oftentimes we lead the way. And he is a gentle personality. He will not force himself. Okay, lead the way. Sometimes, see how sometimes we even lead the Holy Spirit to places he would never go. <sighs> I heard a preacher one day say that he was going somewhere he ought not to go. And the Holy Spirit whispered in his ears, Are you carrying me there? I, I, you think about it, he's in you. And then you, your vessel, you are now using your leg. There's no Holy Spirit feeling your legs, your own leg. And he asked him, Are you carrying me there? Oh, and how often sometimes 
we carry the Holy Spirit to places he, he wouldn't want to go. But if we will give him the right of way and allow him to take over our mind, it doesn't mean you will lose your mind. No. Rather, your mind will be refined. It will be transformed. Your mind will become the mind of Christ. Now you will begin to think the thoughts of God so you can talk the talk of God and do the works of God. That is what we call a consecrated life, a yielded life, a life that is no longer, you are dead to this life, but alive in Christ. Don't wait till when you are old, okay, and there is no physical strength. That is when you say, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Are you sure? He told us in Ecclesiastes 12 that remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come. He didn't say, remember your creator every time of your life. He said, the days of your youth, when you have the strength, when you have the energy, when you have the ability, that is when God wants to use this vessel. And you waste the vessel. You do your own will. You do your own mind. You go your own places. And after everything is worn out, and you have become, you know, how do we say it in vehicles? Uh, home use. No, no, home second hand. Not even home use. Home use is the one that has come from abroad. They've used it briefly and they bring it home. But after you have used home use here, it becomes home second hand. Are you there? After you have become home second hand, then you now come, if you can use. Meanwhile, you can't even walk. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Hey, he won't take it. At best, he will say, come home, come and rest. Don't wait till the last minute. Hallelujah. This is the time to yield your vessel. He said, present your body as a living sacrifice, not as a dead sacrifice. Present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's reasonable. This is the time. But you can't present your body until you first present your soul. Because the order of God is spirit, soul, body. In 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, I pray that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you don't present your body first, you present your soul. It is when your spirit is immersed with the Holy Spirit and then you yield your soul under his influence, your body will automatically follow. Okay? I am going somewhere. I want to give you the picture of the infilling in Acts did I say Acts? Ezekiel, rather. Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel gave us a very wonderful picture of how the infilling of the Spirit takes place in our lives. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day is a day I will never forget After I've wandered in darkness away Jesus, my Savior, I met As I know what a tender, compassionate friend He met the needs of my heart Shadows dispelling, shadows dispelling with joy. I am telling, He made, He made all my darkness depart. Heaven came down, heaven came down, and glory filled my soul. 
Now at the cross, now at the cross, my Savior, with me. My sins were washed away, my sins were washed away. My night was turned today, was turned today. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. I don't know where this song came from, but I think the last line is a prophecy. I believe what God wants to tell us is the glory of God will fill our soul. I don't know where it came from. It just came. I was, not even, I was just saying something before I realized I was singing the song. But the Spirit of God is prophesying that let the glory fill your soul. That is where the challenge is. You have the Holy Ghost on the inside. It's in your spirit. You talk in tongues, no doubt. But in our prayer, in our singing, in our ministration, we'll see very soon. I'll show you a scripture in Ephesians 5 again. Yield your soul under his influence. Let your quest, your appetite, your inclination, your desire to be to yield your soul. Hallelujah. Can I show you the picture of how the infilling takes place? Ezekiel chapter 47. Mm-hmm. Let's read the first five verses. What a wonderful picture here. This is Ezekiel having an encounter with an angel who came in the form of a man. Then the man took him to the temple. Look at verse 1. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple and there was water. Someone say water. Flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. Verse 2. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. Verse 3. And when the man went out to the east with a line in his hand, this is a measuring rod, a measuring line. He measured 1,000 cubits and he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles. Now, get a picture. Ezekiel is working with this man, an angel, who was measuring the level of the water that was flowing from the temple. And then he said, when he came into the waters, the waters were where? At his ankle level. Can you show me your ankle, please? Is it here? Is that here? All right. I said, the Holy Spirit fills us up. He doesn't fill us from outside. Don't get sit somewhere and say, I'm waiting. Fill me up. He, something else will enter. But you must relate with the Holy Spirit from within because he lives on the inside. Okay? And then he fills you up. Your soul... It's also in the shape of your body. Just like your spirit is in the shape of your body. So he has, he has mixed himself with your spirit. But your soul must be yielded to him. So in yielding your soul, he starts filling you up. Or he takes over your soul from the ankle level. Ankle level, let's call it 5%. Some say 5%. So 90% of your soul may be under your own control. That means you have your own mind, 95%. You have your own will, 95%. You have your own emotions, 95%. But only 5% has been taken over. Will you call that baptism? That is not baptism. That one is, you are just standing in the water. You are not yet immersed. Hallelujah. Can I say that this is the picture with a lot of God's children? We only yield 5% 
of our soul under the influence of the Holy Spirit, 95% is our own soul, our own mind, our own will, our own emotions. You can never call that baptism. He is filling us up and he fills us up from within. Okay? Let's go on. Alright. Which verse? Verse 4. Thank you. Verse 4 says, and again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Someone say knees. Where's your knee level? Show me your knee level. Can we call this for 40% or maybe 30%? Say 30%. All right, 30%. Knee level. If you are in water and the water is at your knee level, does the water take over or sometimes you can control your own life? You can control. Is that not so? When the water is at the knee level, I mean, you can just walk through because you have some form of control. All this part is yours. So 30% of your soul is yielded to the Holy Spirit. And yet the 70%, you have your own mind, you have your own will, you have your own emotions. I'm giving you a picture of how the Holy Spirit fills us up. Until he takes over, you are not yet baptized. May the church of Jesus Christ worldwide hear this in Jesus' name. Alright. Let's go on. Again, this, this, the B part of verse 4. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the water and the water came up to my waist. Someone say waist. Can you show me your waist level? 50%. Someone say 50%. That's half of your body. Is that right? So 50%. Yeah. Even at 50%, if you're in water, how many swimmers are here? Those who swim, can you show me my hand? Sir, you swim. Are you a guy? You're a guy. All right. Mr. Allah is also a swimmer. Please, at 50% of your body, if you're in water, can you control your life? Can you control your body? You can move because you have your hands. Is that right? So many of us, what we have done is that we have divided our soul 50% for the Holy Spirit, 50% for ourselves. Not that you are not born again. You are born again. Not that you have not received the Holy Spirit. You've received the Holy Spirit. Not that you don't speak in other tongues. You do. But the problem is that you only yield 50% of your soul, your mind. Sometimes you have your own mind. And 50% of your times you have, I mean the Holy Spirit also has your mind. It should not be. It should not be like that. He must take over. Until he takes over, he doesn't have the right of way yet. Are you there? Alright. Let's go on. Verse 5. Again, he measured 1,000 and it was a river. Someone say a river. That I could not cross. Oh, I like that. Meaning that if you cannot cross, that means the thing has reached the topmost of your, either your neck or it certainly your hands are also covered okay and he has covered you up so it was a river that I could not cross for the water was too deep water in which one must swim a river that that could not be crossed I hope you remember Jesus on the last day of the feast in John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39, the Bible says, he cried out with a loud voice and said that, if any man is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. For he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow, what? Rivers of living water. And the Bible says in verse 39 of John 7, and this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit, who was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Hallelujah. 
So the Holy Spirit has been given because Jesus has been glorified. And then he is in the spirit of those who have received him. After we have received the Holy Spirit, he is supposed to be given the right of way to flow from within us. As we saw here, the river that the angel was showing Ezekiel, the prophet, that river is symbolic of the Holy Spirit who is to flow from within us as rivers of living water. But do you know a river can be dammed? Like in Akosombo Dam. Do you know it's a river that has been dammed? A river that flows from where? Burkina Faso, is that right? That flows right down to hmm, to Ada. Alright. So, somewhere along the line, in the course of that river, it has been dammed such that that river doesn't flow anyhow until there's an overflow. Do you know, people of God, that oftentimes our own soul our own mind, our own will, our own emotions can damn the flow of the Holy Spirit from within us. Yes, he's in us. He wants to operate through us. He wants to impart lives. But you have limited the Holy Spirit. Do you know the greatest limitation of the Holy Spirit is not somebody from outside but you yourself? Because of your own soul, your own mind, your own will, your own emotions. And you can tell me that when you have damned the flow of the Spirit, you say you are baptized in the Spirit. It's not true until he takes over, until he begins to flow from within you, until he has, he has taken over not 50%, not 30%, not 10%, but what percentage? Someone say 100%. Hey, how often we don't get there? No wonder, no wonder he tells us, no wonder he tells us in Ephesians 5, 18, that don't be drunk with wine, wherein is excess or in which is dissipation, in which is stupidity, but be filled with the Spirit. Other version says, ever be filled with the Spirit. It should be ever, every day. Don't presume that once I've received the Holy Spirit, I'm forever filled. It's not true. Because, you see, the human soul is such that, oftentimes, we want to just yield unto ourselves and do our own will. But continually, you must stay yielded. Every day of your life must be a day of consecration, yielding your soul under his influence. Other than that, it will be like somebody who is under the control of wine. In other words, you are walking in stupidity. You are walking in danger. Yet he says, be filled with the spirit. And I've shown you the picture right now that we are filled up from within. Is that right? He fills us up from within as he takes over. When he takes over, it is when the spirit takes over my soul. Did you hear the message? When the spirit takes over my soul, I will be changed. His glory will be revealed when the spirit takes over my soul. When the spirit takes over, let him take over. Oh, when the spirit takes over my soul I will be changed His glory will be revealed when the spirit takes over It is when the spirit takes over you will see a radical transformation somebody who is a weakling like Peter when the spirit took over the man stood and spoke boldly yesterday at the Saturday prayer breakfast we even saw he telling the other people that repent because you people denied Christ meanwhile he was one of the people denied him yet when the spirit took over this was a new creation all things have passed away behold all things have become new 
and he spoke boldly when the spirit takes over somebody who is shy intimidated who feels you know some people believe that i am i'm, I'm a shy person so the only way i can get boldness is to go and take some alcohol but i said don't do that okay don't do that alcohol has dissipation it will make you behave stupidly but the holy spirit wouldn't do that you'll be a fine gentleman and yet you have control hallelujah in other words your yes is yes your no is no because it's no longer you talking but the holy ghost talking through you when it takes over you have a sound mind god has not given us a spirit of bondage again to fear but a spirit of power of love and of a sound mind you think correctly when you reason they say ah, but how did you get this answer it is the spirit of god because he has taken over your soul you don't take wrong decisions you don't make wrong choices you go in the right direction don't fear yielding your soul to the holy spirit some of us have believed that if the Holy Spirit takes over, it means that I can't do my own will. Yes, don't do your own will. But do the will of him who sent you. Jesus said, he said, I did not come to do my own will, but the will of the one that sent me. In Gethsemane, there was a battle. His own was not baptism in the Holy Spirit. It was baptism of suffering. That was the baptism of suffering. In Gethsemane, he was torn between doing his own will or the will of the Father. He prayed three times, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass over me. But not as I will, but your will be done. He prayed the same prayer the second time. And the third time, he said, Father, if it will not change, then let your will be done. That was when he yielded to the baptism of suffering. How many of us have been baptized in suffering yet? We haven't gotten there yet. What we are talking about is baptism in the Holy Spirit. Not baptism of suffering, but there's something called baptism of suffering. Hey. Okay, I can show you a picture. Before I go to Ephesians 5, there's 19 downwards. Let's see John 21. John chapter 21. This is Jesus after he rose from the dead. And he was talking to Peter. Someone say Peter. Apostle Peter. John 21 verse 18 and 19. Listen to Jesus talking to Peter here. He said, most assuredly I say to you, when you were younger, you guided yourself and walk where you wished. Hey, I like that. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will guide you and carry you where you do not wish. Look at verse 19. This he spoke, Jesus spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Hey, I don't know how you got this message. Listen, when someone is baptized in the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit has completely taken over your mind, your will, and your emotions, even how to die, if you should die, you have no choice in it. And number two, even your death will bring glory to God. When the Holy Spirit takes over, everything about your life, including your death, brings glory to God. 
So in the case of Peter, Jesus was telling that, look, when you were younger, you could go wherever you wish. You could do your own will because you had your own mind. You had your own will. You had your own emotions. But when you are old, another person will hold your hands and lead you where you do not wish. And this he said, signifying by what manner of death he was to glorify God. And history tells us that when Peter was to be crucified, he was supposed to be crucified, head up, leg down. But history tells us, Peter told us, look, I'm not ready to die like my master. Crucify me upside down. So his feet were up and his legs, I mean his head was down. And he rejoiced. He said, oh, how I long for this day. My time has come that I will glorify God even with my death. Child of God, when the Holy Spirit takes over, when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, everything about you, everything about your life is for the glory of God. Your spiritual life, your career, your business, you don't do business and it is separated from God. Your business is also immersed in God. Your marriage is immersed in God. Your lifestyle, everything about you. They can't say that, ah, I thought this person was a preacher. How come he's misbehaving in the street? Everything about you is for the glory. Including your death should you die. Hallelujah. So I don't know how many of us can say here, including myself, that we are truly baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't know. How many have received the Holy Spirit? Last week I preached on receive the Holy Spirit. How many have received the Holy Spirit? Can I see my hands? You have. It's only the beginning of the journey. Hallelujah. It can be the same day you receive the Holy Spirit, like in Acts chapter 2, verse 4. Bible says, When they received, they were filled with the Spirit. And I've shown you the picture. He fills you up. Okay? And when He fills you up to the brim, He has taken over. You are immersed in Him. That is the baptism. You are submerged in Him. Your soul is now under His influence and control. He says, Don't be drunk with wine but be filled with the Spirit. When the Spirit fills you up, it has similar effects like wine. But this one, there's no stupidity. This one, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. It is called Enijem Roswar. Where you can't tell where the joy is coming from, but you are filled with joy that cannot be measured with human machine. Hallelujah. Look at how to be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5 again. Ephesians 5 let's take it from verse 18 again he says and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation but be filled with the spirit what is the punctuation mark after spirit what is the punctuation mark in your bible after spirit oh talk to me people of God what is the punctuation mark after spirit look into your bible what is the way what is the Yours is semicolon. Okay, the new King James is comma. Whether semicolon or comma, it means the sentence hasn't ended. Is that right? Semicolon is a long pause. Comma is a, is a brief pause. But whichever way, there's a pause. But it's not a full stop. Am I teaching English here? All right. Okay. So, it means that verse 19 is a continuation of verse 18. To throw more light on how to be filled with the Spirit. Okay? Watch how to be filled with the Spirit. Because it's not automatic. Once you receive the Holy Spirit, do these things and you will fill yourself up and then you get to the place of baptism. 
let me take it from the 18 again. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another. Oh my God. How, how come the, the translators said one another? I don't know why. Because if you read the King James Bible, okay, let me read through you, see what I'm talking about. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Someone say amen. Please take note. In the King James Bible, KJV, okay, the verse 21 said, submitting yourselves one to another. Am I right? Submitting yourselves one to another. So, if the verse 19 also meant to one another, he could have said the same thing. I don't know why the translators decided to put verse 19 the same way as verse 21. But the King James makes the distinction clear. In verse 21, he says, submitting yourselves one to another. That's one way by which, you know, it's like a communism. A communion where we bring ourselves to mutual submission. Okay? That is different from verse 19. In verse 19 in the King James, he didn't say speaking to one another. And you can check the Greek rendering. The Greek never says speaking to one another. He says speaking to yourselves. It is only that it is plural. But he was talking about me. Speak to myself. You speak to yourself. You speak to yourself. Not to one another. Am I challenging some translators here? I want us to just go back to the Greek Bible and that is where we'll find the truth. It is not speaking to one another. Even the Amplified Version says speaking to one another. It's not true. It is speaking to yourself. Until we come to that truth and, and sometimes make reference to the original King James translation, we may get some things wrong. That is why I love the King James Bible. Hallelujah. For one reason, because the, the, the translators made sure that they did the right thing. Not speaking to one another. Here, if you miss, if you miss this mark and you make it speaking to one another, you chances are that you may never be filled with the spirit. He was talking about you. Speak to yourself in psalms, in hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to who? To who? To the Lord. That's the Holy Spirit. He's talking about communion with the Holy Spirit here. You do it. You do it. All of us doing it. Not to one another. If I come and I start singing and making melody in my heart too. It is confusing now. Am I helping somebody this morning? Speaking to yourself. So if it's a singular, it is me. Speak to myself. You speak to yourself in Psalms. Learn. You see, if you are afflicted, with any trouble, definitely you may not be able to start with songs. James, yesterday we quoted it at the Saturday prayer breakfast. James says, is any man afflicted? What should he do? What should he do? Hey, I'm not hearing anything. What should he do? Let him pray. Let him pray. Is any man afflicted? Let him pray. Do you know it always starts with prayer? Even in Acts chapter 16, from verse 16 to 25, when Paul and Silas were put in prison, do you know what happened? The Bible says at midnight, what did they do? They prayed and sang praises unto God. They prayed and sang praises. 
praises, two things. It is prayer first. It always begins with prayer because oftentimes you don't have the signal. Have you been to a place where, you know, because of maybe the clouds, the way the clouds have, have formed in the atmosphere, you can't get your signal well. The signal is not coming. Sometimes you don't have the song. Sometimes you don't have the hymn. Sometimes you don't have the spiritual song. You don't have anything. But start praying. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You pray in the Holy Ghost. Then you are clearing the atmosphere. You are clearing the atmosphere. Before you realize there's a song that is building in your spirit. Sing to the Lord that song. Hallelujah. Sing to the Lord. He says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Some of us have concluded that, as for me, I don't have a singing voice. So I cannot sing. It's a lie. Here, he didn't say sing to us. He says sing to the Lord. So whether your voice is fine or not, you are not singing to anybody. You are singing to the Lord. This is how to be filled with the Spirit. Learn, after you have prayed, learn to minister to the Lord. In Acts chapter 13, the verse 2, the Bible says there were certain teach, prophets and teachers. He mentioned some names like Barnabas and then Saul, who we know as Paul. Bible says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, or Saul and Barnabas for the work that I've sent him, or called them to. Separate. Until we learn to minister to the Lord, we may not be ministered to. Am I teaching you something? You won't go to minister to you, learn to minister to him. Speak to yourself in Psalms. That is why, like in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It makes me lie down. Sometimes when things are dry and empty, learn to speak to yourself in Psalms. That's how you get filled with the Spirit. Speak to yourself in Psalms and hymns. You see why I like hymns? You see why I sang that song, take my life and let it be consecrated to you. Speak to yourself in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. What are spiritual songs? One day we can take our time and deal with that verse very clearly. But what are spiritual songs? Two things here. A spiritual song is a song that is edifying. Not any song, okay? Number one, it is a song that is edifying. In other words, it is scripture-based. It is spirit-filled. It, it, it does not destroy. It builds up. That's a spiritual song. Number two, it is also singing in tongues. It's a spiritual song. Two things here. A song that is edifying. What are some of the songs that edify? Who can give me an example? Let's sing that song. A song that edifies. You can say this song builds you up. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my riches gain, I count but loss and poor content for my pride. In case pride is disturbing you, hmm, and you feel that you are, you are you, and you feel that without you, nobody can do anything, survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died. You will discover that your richest gate, you will count but loss and poor contempt on all your pride. You realize that your pride stinks it smells hallelujah may the Lord bless you I know if I talk more we will not close I love this message so much because it's my passion it's my passion I want us all including myself to come to the place where we will encourage one another to be filled with the spirit always you see when you are down don't allow do you know something I have always given this picture here when you fill balloon with air, okay, 
Okay, before you fill balloon with air, if you pour water, what will happen to the balloon? It will go under. But when you fill it with air, you pour the greatest quantity of water, it will what? Float. It will stay. When you are filled with the spirit, the, 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 the storms of this life never drown you. It, they never, it doesn't matter. They will rather become a chariot. The more the storm, the higher you go. And you find yourself riding on that same storm and going higher. That's why it says, don't be drunk with wine. Don't use alcohol, but be filled with the spirit. Once you are filled with the spirit and he gets to the brim, you are immersed in him. At that level, it's no longer you, but Christ at work in you. When you speak, it's God talking. When you touch, it's the Holy Ghost touching. When you move, even your shadow, like Peter, will heal. I said, even your shadow. You remember there was a time they had to put sick people in the street so that when Peter is walking, at, at best, his shadow will just walk over. And the Bible says, as many as came under the shadow of Peter, they got healed. How? It was because the man was filled. That's why when they, the, the cripple was healed at the beautiful gate, he told them that, why are you looking at that as if it is by your own power or godliness? It is God who did this. So that all the glory... There's a song. All the glory must be to the Lord. You know the song. For he is worthy of our praise. No man on earth should give glory to himself. All the glory must be to the Lord. Let's sing it again. All the glory must be to the Lord. For he is worthy of our praise. No man on earth should give glory to himself. All the glory must be to the Lord. We will never take the glory because we know it's not our way. It is Christ at work in us. I don't know why Jesus loves me. I don't know why. I don't know why. He Sacrifice is life, all that I'm glad.